Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. You want to talk about your vacation? No, 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 no. Let's do some more listener questions. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I am your host that has been working all week, Phil. And I am your other host who's been vacationing for at least part of this week, Senda. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, thanks. It was very nice. Yeah, did you have a good time? Yeah, there was a pool and there was a hot tub. Just really nice after taking some crazy hikes. Um, I mean... I'm not, like, a super fit person because I am a nerdy gamer who sits inside and works on a computer all day. So um, I did one hike that was 54 flights of stairs in five miles round trip. So that was about 20 flights of stairs per mile. (laughs) It was pretty intense. So I made good use of the hot tub to salvage my poor aching glutes after that (laughs) for a couple days. It was lovely. We went up in a gondola. That was nice. That's um, that's my speed. That's, right, uh, the gondola. And then, but then yeah. we went for a hike at ten thousand feet. Oh Just my god! A little I, one. I'm terrified. Like your your <laughs> vacations scare me. Like they're. I mean, like I've been to Denver to come visit you, and that's like what three thousand feet. No, no it's five thousand. Five thousand mile high city. Yeah. yeah, but then you like went up like another five thousand feet. Like yes. I'm 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 pretty sure that like I I I know for certain that like your big hike would have killed me. Your gondola one probably would have killed me as well. Like I just I am uh I like I'm uh I'm built for comfort, right? Like just, you know, built for comfort not for speed. Like Right. Well, so the last hike that we did, we did a very it was more of a meander. Um but it was at the top of the pass. So that was at about 10,000 feet again. Mm. But it was beautiful, like all of the wildflowers were out and there's these stunning vistas. It looks like... I saw your pictures. It's quite yeah. beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. It was also, if I remember correctly from talking to you, it was brutally hot as well. It was very hot out, yes. <laughs> it was very hot. But, well, I mean, but it's not as hot as it is, as it is here because, like, the higher up you go, the cooler it gets, right? So, brutally hot there is, like, 87 but the so, sun is so much closer that that's pretty intense. So the comparable place around here, like the comparable place in New York to go on what you did, um, there are a couple places, but the place that makes me think of it is like Lake Placid, where I would go on business trips. Like we did a gondola up to the top of a ski mountain. You can go to the, you can go to all the old Olympic venues. They're actually the training sites now for the Olympic team. So you can go to like, you can go to the ski jump. Yeah. Like you can go to the like the the long jumps and you can go to the bobsledding track and all that stuff and that that's kind of fun. Um, yeah. I don't think they've actually done Olympic stuff in Steamboat cuz when it was near here they did it in Vail because it's only like another I don't know it's it's not even that much further, right? Yeah, but we were in Steamboat. It was gorgeous. Awesome. I'm glad you had a good I'm glad you had a nice vacation. Yeah, thanks. Because you were on vacation, and because it is the middle of the week, and we normally record on a Monday, and you have a, a like almost a whole week to turn a show around, but tonight is Thursday night, uh, meaning <laughs> so that you have I don't you don't. <laughs> um, we are going to do some grab bag questions, and uh, we're going to jump right into them. We're going to do two or three, depending on how much time we have. 
uh, and we'll gauge that based on the clock. Let's start with our first question. Evan on Twitter asks, uh, how to provide optimal snackage in terms of quality, type, and quantity at a session? Bonus points if you clue us into the favorite gaming snacks of pandas. So let's do Evan's first part of the question, optimal yeah, snackage. Yeah. So let's yes. do so let's do it in terms of let's not talk about our favorites. Let's do yeah. optimal snackage for one shots and campaigns. And by one shots, we'll do convention one shots. Right. I'm like, because you have to because the real difference here is actually convention versus home. Yeah. Versus okay. at home. You right? do convention. OK, I'll do home. All right, optimal. Okay. What's what's the optimal snackage for? What's the optimal snackage for a convention game? So there's a couple of things, right? Convention games. One of the things that I have to constantly take into account about convention games is that they might be running over a meal time, and I may need to keep up my energy for long periods of time to make it like four hours until the next time I actually eat a real meal. So one of the things I always, always, always have for convention games is protein bars. Yep, me too. And then I'm also a fan of things like um, nuts, like candied nuts, honey, cashews. Protein. Yeah, protein stuff is the key here. But I also tend to find that during convention games to go with those protein bars if I'm faking a meal or something, right? Otherwise, I don't usually snack during con games. I usually either crave something salty or something sweet. The protein bars are usually sweet, but I like to have like cookies or something. And then also like goldfish is the last thing that I brought for salty. Yeah. So I, for, for con games, I like things that are in small packages, right? So that's another thing, right? So I like things like, I don't want to carry any containers. Mm -mm. I don't want to carry anything large Mm -mm. and I don't want to carry anything where I have to clean up. Yes. Right. Like, I just want to like undo a wrapper, eat a thing, eat a thing, throw wrapper like away or tuck it in my pocket yeah. or something. So or reseal bag if I didn't finish it, right? Uh, yeah, I don't even like reseal bag, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't like because I don't want a half open bag in my bag. Well, like, so you know, but I would like sandwich bag, like actual seal. Reseal. Yeah, but for me, that's like Ziploc. Like <laughs> I, I will get the snack ones. Uh huh. Well, I'll get the snack ones and do like four or five of them, and then just take like one snack bag out, eat it, throw it away. And then move on, you know, like don't eat another one till the next game or something. That's fair. So I like that. I like protein bars as well, right? So I like I like kind bars are like probably my favorite because they're always like nuts and stuff all jammed together. Yeah. Kind bars are really good. Uh, the other one I have a weakness for, which are pretty easy to eat and aren't messy, is Rice Krispie treats. That's dangerous because that's rice- all just sugar. Well, it is all sugar, so it's not good. It's not a good replacement for a like over a meal game. Yeah, yeah. But it is, like, good for, like, an evening game when I'm starting to get a little tired right. and I can eat one of those. But what yep. I like about them is that it's one block. Yep. Right? It doesn't fall apart. It doesn't even nope. crumb. Like, it really yeah. doesn't crumb. It's contained. Yeah. It's contained. And as long as you don't take the whole wrapper off, mm-hmm. your you fingers get don't get sticky. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you just peel the wrapper and eat it, mm-hmm. um, it goes well. Like, I, I, I like that a lot. I like that for just that reason, right? No crumbs, no crumbs, quick hit of sugar. They're pretty tasty. Um, they're really tasty. And they're pretty cheap. Like, you can get a box of them for not much money. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing, and I've never, I've never actually done this, but it's because I always resist the urge. Oh, which ones are the delicious ones? The Welch's little... Squishy. Oh, the chewy, fruity things? My, yes, kids, I, my kids love those things. I know, but the Welch's ones are the yeah. ones that I adore. Yes, those would be very good. 
You know, the snack packs for those are only like 100 calories. Like, they're really, like, they're totally doable. Okay. So, all right. So, I think what we've come up with for one shots is that snackage should be relatively portable. Yep. Um, Little garbage. And, right. Yeah, clean little garbage. Right, like no cheese puffs. Yeah, no no crumbs, no fingerprinty stuff, no greasy, right. greasy. Um, Nothing that takes up a lot of space on the table because you don't know yeah. how much space you're going to have. And since Cookie. you're going to probably carry it in your bag, yeah. um, it's got to be something relatively portable. Yep, and also protein. And pro- and high protein, right? Because yeah. we, we want to keep the hunger monkeys away and not sugar crash. Yes, Cool. because sugar crashing is a thing. Correct. Boy, is it. Yes. Okay, home game foods then. Home game foods you really can open this up, right? Yeah, like how you do whatever you want. <laughs> so you can go so you can go from the super simple, right? Like, hey, brought a bag of chips, you know, put it on table, to the super fancy, right? Like you could be making hors d'oeuvres or putting out cheese platters and things like that. I have done I think every I think I've done the entire range of these, right? I've done from the super fancy to the super simple. Yes. I made chocolate donuts for the police procedural game yes. that we were playing yes you did because i felt that we had to have donuts i think <laughs> and that's... i didn't want to buy them so i, I made them i think yeah. that's awesome um my prefer so i play in the evenings right so i play i usually play sometime after dinner till like 11 o'clock at night on both sundays and my dcc games on uh on thursday nights so of the things i like to snack on iced coffee uh-huh. is a thing yes. I like to snack on. Yeah, for um, sure. Because it keeps me awake. I'm not a huge snacker at my home games now. My DCC game, Jerry, who is uh, always a uh, excellent guest, comes with bearing bags of chips and things like that. I will say the thing I, I am pretty adamant about at my game table is that I have a collection of bowls, plates, and cups specifically for my game room. Like, when chips come out, I like want them in bowls. Like right. I, I don't want the crunk. I don't want the crunchy, like the crumbly, crunchy bag, and I don't want it passed around. Like just, like pour out some bowls and put them out on the table, and like let everybody like either share between two people picking at a bowl or everybody get a bowl, whatever. Gosh, I'm super spoiled. Also, in this, in a very similar way, right? Because my biweekly game is currently at Camden's house, and he has a fantastic gamer basement. Which includes like a mini fridge stocked with all sorts of drinks and like a little table with hot water and tea and like all kinds of snacks and paper plates and all yep. of that kind of stuff so that you never bring the bag over to the table. You always just put it, you put however much you want on the thing yeah, and you nice. take it with you. But like, I am always in love with like LaCroix and like those spindrift things and like. You like fizzy something. water. <laughs> I like fizzy things that are not sweet. Yeah, I I will pretty much always have at a minimum. I will have a bottle of water, yes, like with me while I game because I just need it for like Absolutely. for coating yeah. my throat and because of talking and all that. Yeah, um, I am okay like going up from that. It's not a big necessity for me when I play at my home games to have food. Like often I will have dinner before, right before I game, and then game. Right. So I often Thanks. don't need a bunch of snacks when I game, but if I do. Like I said, I will go right to my cubby and take out all my plates and stuff like that. And those were relatively inexpensive. I mean, they're nice, but they were they were inexpensive. Like, I think Bob and I bought them, or Bob bought them, or whatever. Like at a, at the dollar store, like it was relatively cheap. But I like, but it's dedicated. Like I don't take my kitchen stuff into the game room. I take like my game room stuff, and I just like put it in the dishwasher when I'm done. 
Yeah. Okay. Optimal snackage for us pandas. I mean, obviously, bam, obviously bamboo. If you know, we were, if we were veg, if we were full on vegetarian, but we're not. Yes. Um. So some um, of us are closer than others. <laughs> so tell me. Um. Well, yes, you're a little closer. <laughs> so tell me uh, your favorite home snacks, and then I'll tell you mine. Okay. And this basically the thing with home snacks is it's just like, well, what are Senda's favorite snacks, right? Correct. Right. Because if I'm going to snack at the game table, then I want my favorite snacks. So the ones on here, they're kind of the easy stuff, right? But like peanut butter M&Ms are my favorite M&Ms. They're like my favorite, like, kind of crap candy that comes in a bag that is easy to share with people. I really like peanut butter M&Ms. I mean, I, that is also the first one on my list. I love yeah, peanut yeah. butter M&M's. Um, it's a great. I love them for a couple of reasons. One, because you can have some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You can control your portion size, which yes. is another thing that can be hard at the game table, right? Like if you are snacking, it's really easy to be like, here we are playing and I'm so excited. I'm just going to like keep it. It's like those popcorn gifts where you're like, I'm just so excited. I'm just going to keep eating the popcorn the popcorn. Gif? You mean me eating popcorn, period. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah. So Chicago Mix is actually the next thing on my list. I love Chicago Mix. I just won't eat it in my game table. Yeah, it's dangerous for me, too. It's it's pretty intense. And then actually, and this one, this one is like, it's one of my favorite things to eat while gaming, but it's like totally not ideal for gaming, right? Because I love chips and salsa or chips and guac. But the moment you're dipping chips in shit, like, there is inevitable drippage. It's I, not actually I, a very good one, but I love it. I would feel safer with guac than salsa. Yeah. Salsa's, well, like, inherently runny. Guac is, like, you just, like, like, you just get, like, some of it on a chip and you're okay. Right. And, I mean, and you have to do it, like, on plate in front of you yes. or in bowl in front of you so that it's contained yes. situation. You're not reaching across the table to dip in the middle of the table and then shove it in your mouth or whatever. But I can do, like, chips and chips, tortilla chips and things that you dip tortilla chips in. Oh, yeah. And hummus. And, like, hummus and, like, pita chips. <laughs> yes. My home ones are pretty simple. I like uh, peanut butter M&M's, uh, uh-huh. and I love cookies. Yeah. Uh, soft cookies, like like um, soft chocolate chip cookies and things like mm-hmm. that. Like, I love, I love, love, love cookies. Um, I, again... Um, because I don't always do a good job of stopping when I should, I try not to keep like a box of cookies on my (laughs) gaming table. Um, so yeah, peanut butter M&Ms is a really good solid go-to for me for all the reasons we said, right? It's contained, it's not messy, it doesn't make crumbs, like all that stuff. All right. Yeah. Tell me about cons. What do you, uh, what do you, what's in your con bag when you go, when you go a conning, what's in your con bag for snacks? Um, so one of the, one of my standard go-tos is some kind of nut thing. Um, and it's sometimes it's a trail mix and sometimes it's like, you know, honey roasted cashews or something like that. Right. So like it's a protein thing that's either sweet or salty or both. Right. That's a thing for me. Yep. Um, I always toss in something salty because sometimes I just crave salty things because you like sweat and stuff more when you're running those games than you realize you are. And I think I might be a weird person, but basically when I sweat, I crave salt. Um, so something salty and I usually try to make it something salty, but not too greasy. So like this last trip, I brought goldfish crackers. Yep. They're a pretty safe choice. It's legit. 
Yeah, like you, you won't get them all over everything. Um, they're just crackers. And then, of course, like we were talking about protein bars, and I have these... Uh, the balls. Oh, no, what the hell I can't are those? remember what they're called. Oh. Yeah, they're called Bounce. They're Hang on, bounce. I think I have one you gave me. It's in my they're, bag. They're Bounce protein balls, and they're basically like protein bars, except that they're like ball-shaped. And I don't know why I like them so much. I mean, although the other thing that I've just discovered is that Luna makes these like Luna, like Luna, actual Luna bars do not have enough protein to qualify as protein bars to me. Um, But Luna makes protein bars. And I've just dived into them because they were what happened to be on sale when I ran out of bounce balls this week. And, uh, and, And I'm actually like, okay, these are also pretty good in the protein bar department. Nice. Or else I'm just becoming much more immune to the chalky taste of protein, and they're getting better at disguising it. <clears throat> nice. I don't know. All right. For me, uh, my bag, um, Trail Mix is a favorite. Trail Mix is deceptive in that it's really not healthy for you. Like well, it's, it'll trick you. You're like, oh, but it's not chocolate. It's just it's nuts, nuts and these and dried fruits. And craisins. It's, yeah, craisins. Um, uh, my favorite is candied pineapple. That is like my biggest weakness is candy pineapple. I do. I love candy pineapple. Uh, you don't like banana, but banana chips and then like assorted like almonds and peanuts and shit like that. I love. So I love trail mix protein bars. Uh, my favorite protein bars are the kind ones. Yeah, those ones are really good. Too. They um, they're always like they're always like high in almonds and things like that. And then. They come in a bunch of flavors. Like I got a bunch for uh, Origins, and like I had a a salty maple one that was delicious. Um, there was a caramel one, a peanut butter chocolate. Like they just their combos are they're they're. Oh, I had a um, a blueberry vanilla. Yeah, that I mean their combos are always really good. So I I really like Kind Bars. And then lastly, I have a recipe for, um, I make homemade uh, sriracha honey cashews. Yum. Which is really not that hard of a recipe. It's basically like put sriracha and honey in a bowl, toss unsalted um, cashews, and then dump it out, spread it out, and throw it in the oven. And it makes these like little clusters of sweet and spicy cashews. They are You've had them before because I've made yeah. them and given and given them to you. Um, They're delicious. Yeah, it takes like twenty minutes to make. A little bit of parchment paper, throw everything in the oven, and then break them up and put them in bags. I love them. It is. I do it like the night or two, bef- one or two nights before a con. I do all of it, and I just love it. Like love it, love it, love it. And it's just it's a really nice. The spicy kind of wakes you up. It's protein, mm. and then it's a little sweet. Like it's a really good mix for a game. Anyway, okay, that is a rather lengthy segment on our love of snacks. <laughs> snacks, game snacks. And apparently yeah, we may also be than hungry. Expected. Yeah, yeah unexpected. Really longer than expected, which right. means we're probably going to do one more question. Yeah, I'm like, I think one question, because we can't leave it at that for the whole episode. All we did so, was talk about snacks. Yeah, so uh, let's move on to our uh, next question. Question number two. Yeah. So Joe on Twitter asked us, what is good RPG puzzle design? So um, to define good RPG puzzle design, we're going to talk about bad RPG puzzle design first, right? So a bad puzzle is the one where the puzzle can only be solved by the players themselves, not the characters, right? The players just have to figure it out, right? It's maybe too complicated, 
Like, you're going to spend the entire four hours on it and everybody just gets frustrated, which is the next part, too, because it'll just halt the progress of the game, right? You're just stuck on this thing because you have to figure out the magical whatever to open the lock. And suddenly it feels like you're 12 and in the middle of a game of Zelda, you can't figure out which damn order to kill the creatures in because your Game Boy isn't in color and everybody else's in it is and they're like, kill the pink one first. And you're like... Ooh. I don't know. Are we having a little? Are we having a little <laughs> childhood flashback here? Are you working through something in the middle of the episode? <laughs> it happened to me. Okay, it was Link's awakening. Anyway, moving right along. So it it can just stop the progress of the game, and it can also knock players out of whatever level of immersion that they're in. Right, because mm-hmm. they have to suddenly break character to solve the puzzle as themselves. They can't do it in character anymore. Yeah. So without the Game Boy piece, uh, a good a a good puzzle then is the opposite of all of those things. Uh-huh. So a good puzzle is solvable by both the players and the characters, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about what that means in a second. It's relatively simple. The presence of the puzzle keeps the game f- like still allows the game to to flow. And um does it in a way that keeps the characters immersed while they're solving it? Yes. Um, so leading into that, the things for the players, mm-hmm. things you can do for the players to make it a good puzzle, you can have clues and visuals, right? Because it's easier to solve puzzles when you can see stuff usually that actually allow the players to deduce the solution to the puzzle and to interact with it and try things, right? Keep it simple, like really And we've kind of harped on this before when we've talked about plots and stuff. What seems simple to you, because you already know how all the pieces fit together, is probably not as simple to your players, right? Like, it just isn't. So don't go crazy. (laughs) You don't want this to be the only thing that happens all night, right? So, like, just remember... Most puzzles are harder for your players than you think they are having all the information, right? So something that seems obvious to you, having built it, will still actually confound players frequently, right? We file this under the phrase that we often use, don't be clever. Don't be clever. Um, Don't be clever. Remember, as a game master, you have far more knowledge and awareness of the world. Like, you are seeing the world in 360 degrees. Your players have far less visualization of the world, right? Like, even fully immersed players only possess, like, a like you know, something like a quarter of the knowledge that the GM possesses. So what seems so blatantly obvious and simple to the GM who has like this huge context of history can be super obscure and confounding for players who have like very little. And remember, players probably didn't read the background of the world like 50 times and they don't prep every week for a game and think through all the details. So again, simple, simple, simple. Can't stress it enough, right? Like really yeah, you, you have to consider that as a GM, your Game Boy is in color. And as a player, <laughs> your Game Boy is in black and white. <laughs> I, 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 yep, that's it. That is exactly, exactly what I'm trying to say. Yes. You nailed it. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So, and, and then the other thing that 
you want to think about when you're creating a puzzle to make it a good puzzle for what you want is the actual length of the puzzle itself, right? So if you are doing this in a single session, you want maybe one to three moving parts maximum, Mm -hmm. right? Like one to three fiddly bits that you can mess with. One to three colored enemies that they can only see in black and white. Well, and, you know, and spread that out over scenes, right? So maybe your puzzle gets solved over a couple different scenes. Like just have like it solved, like one piece solved in one scene, one piece solved in the next scene, like that kind of thing, right? Like you can't do the water temple. Like, let's just lay it out there. You can't do the water. This is just going to be a Zelda conversation because Zelda is the game of like RPG puzzles, right? You can't do the water puzzle or the water temple in a single session. Ammo. Don't even don't even try it. <laughs> Google it if you don't understand what that means. It's good. <laughs> good. But in a campaign, you can have more parts, but you need to spread them out between your different sessions, right? So you probably want to put, um, you know, like one part per session that you play. Maybe two parts, like tops, but you don't want to like shove like five parts in this one and then like none for like three sessions and then like eight parts in that one like that doesn't work either it's not that you can't do the water temple in in a in a campaign you could do it in a campaign you certainly you certainly can but to kind of stretch out a puzzle if your puzzle like if you only acquire pieces for it like every like session like then let it you let it build up over sessions before you solve it right yeah um which is totally fine yep um Or it just means you have to run around turning the water off and on in various places so that you can access all the stuff, you know, just. Exactly. Just saying. Yeah. All right. So (laughs) from the character side, and this we talked about as being the things that are good in in good puzzle design, you always want to have a way that the character, not the player, can help with figuring out the puzzle. So usually this comes in the form of, a character can make skill checks and additional like successful skill checks will give the players additional clues or insights. And then that will hopefully lead the players to solve the, the puzzle. Also, what you should do is work that in so that the players are doing something active, like just making knowledge skill checks isn't really that interesting, but like having them like explore the room and look for secrets or whatever. And then, those secrets, like the those observation checks and things like that, then reveal extra pieces, which like filter up to the players. Like that's really good. Just sitting around and being like, okay, well, uh, everybody make a knowledge check. Okay, here's a couple extra pieces of clues. That's that's like a BC, like that's like a mid range grade, right? Like yeah. the you want to get the if you want to ace the puzzle, you want to have things for the characters to do that will then give those extra clues and have them be like actions, not just standing around doing knowledge checks. So have like somebody with strength, like have that character make a strength check to hold something heavy up so that like the thief can read this inscription underneath, you know, this like this altar or the top of the altar or something like that and have, you know, have the wizard be able to cast a spell to reveal like an invisible clue or something. Like all of these things will make the puzzle more engaging because the characters are doing stuff and then those things are are providing information that are trickling up to the players and the players are then putting it all together for a conclusion. And again, you do all the other things that we said before about keeping it simple and stuff like that, but having that character element is really key. Like I remember from the 80s, 
Like you would be playing D&D and you would get a puzzle and the GM would literally put it on the table. And that was it. Like you all sat around and looked at it and tried to figure it out. And then the GM like looked at you like you guys are idiots. I don't understand why you can't understand this puzzle. And you'd be like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, we're all kids. <laughs> like, none of yeah. this works. <laughs> uh, but later, like, I remember I did a uh, real puzzly dungeon in my Iron Heroes game. And it really worked to have things where uh, the players could uh, make checks and discover like how to figure out puzzles like i had this one where these constellations were incorrect like they were out of order and there's no way the players could actually just know that right like there's no like i you know i i described the scene form right like oh it's a night sky and it's got these constellations on it or whatever and one of the players like asked like oh uh do i recognize the constellations i was like oh sure make a you know an intelligence check or something and uh, they made it. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you recognize this one, this one, this one. I said, you know, go ahead and make me one more check. And then, like, you know, they did. And I was like, yeah, the thing you notice is that, like, you know, this one, I forget the names of them, but like this one is the winter sky. This one, like next to it is the summer sky. Next to it is like the spring sky. And the player was like, oh, can I move the constellations? And I was like, oh, try it. Right. And like they did. And I was like, oh, and then this thing unlocks. Like, so it's those ideas, right? It's. It's the ideas that where the player help, like the character contributes up to yes. the player. Yeah. So and basically, that, go play Mist or Riven and experience many puzzles. And right, and then make them. Then go make them simpler than that. Yes, and then go simplify them. And then make it where the game actually like rewards your character with additional hints that you sitting behind the screen aren't pulling your hair out over. I think Mist and Riven reward you with additional hints. Do they? It's been a long time since I played them. Sort of. I just assumed that you just like walked around, looked at puzzles, and like sat there and scratched your head. Like there weren't like little, you know, pointing arrows if, telling you. If you pay enough attention, there are hints. When we loop back and talk about '90s video games as ways to solve all of your gaming problems, it must be time <laughs> for us to get out of here and close up the show. Oh my gosh. Say, Senda, before we do that, tell me about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Yeah, sure. On the Misdirected Mark podcast, Chris, Phil, and Bob go live every Tuesday evening at 8.45 Eastern, 6.45 p.m. the Queen's time. That would be my time. To break down and get inside games, game mastering, playing games, and game design in an effort to entertain and inform you. Yeah, we're doing our new thing now, exploratory play. Yeah, those guys are pretty cool. Yeah, like it's well, it's not AP, right? Like your AP is is entertaining and fun. My I exploratory play is sometimes clunky and painful. It's true. I, I've, I've on, spent, on purpose. I've spent, like I've spent some time sitting here going, "Oh my god, this is why I don't play games from the eighties." Uh, well, that's what we're helping to teach people, right? Yep, like maybe now the, I know nostalgia's. You know what? Nostalgia's not everything. That's no. what that that's what we're shooting at. Okay. Yeah, go play DCC as <laughs> modern tech. Say, Senda, where can people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community, or you can drop us an email panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Yeah, actually, I, we have to actually pause and be serious for a second. Oh. Um, we need you to send topics. 
I went, I went through the list. Uh-huh. Um, it's getting kind of thin. Oh. Um, we're starting to run low on on all sorts of topics. Uh, hmm. We're running low on our standard campaigns and one shot topics. We're also running low on grab bag questions. So we're we're getting low. We're gonna wind up having to have like a PBS like uh, fundraiser drive to get more <laughs> topics for the show. Topic raiser. Uh, otherwise, we're gonna just sit around and talk about what like snacks and stuff. Snacks and ditch lilies. <laughs> snacks, snacks and ditch lilies. Which I don't know. Maybe people will want that, but. Um, <laughs> In either case, please send us your topics for the show. We love doing topics that are of interest to you. In fact, we really strive to not come up with our own topics and really just talk about the things that you want us to talk about. But we do need you to contribute. So please use that social media information to send us more stuff. We could desperately uh, use it. I got a couple more weeks worth of stuff and then I, we're going to really start running. We're going to start really coming up with some wacky ideas. Uh, send it. <laughs> Besides topics, what else can people do with our social media information that is super awesome and cool? Well, you can send us your table selfies, and it is con season, so we do expect to see many of them. Take a picture of you the next time you are sitting down with those awesome peeps at that awesome table and hashtag it table selfie. And this time, we want to know what snacks you have at your table. Absolutely. Yeah, because we Uh, might need to steal those ideas. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please check out one of our many Patreon campaigns. Uh, go to patreon.com slash MMP. Uh, patrons of that campaign get access to the bonus outtakes, which I, trust me, you will never look at your barware the same again <laughs> after these outtakes. You get the Patreon outtakes, you get the Misdirected Mark after show, which can go from really funny to really serious. Like, there, it, it's really whatever's on our minds that, that night at Misdirected Mark. Um, other bonus cool things include uh, stuff that we make and sometimes drop into the community, uh, access to our Slack channel, which is a pretty awesome place. And like I said, anything else that we kind of put together and like drop on you guys, including betas for games and, and things like that. So the other thing we like to do with our patrons is to give shoutouts. Today, we have a couple of shout-outs that uh, we'd like to do. Would you like to do them? I would love to do them. Uh, Time Paradox, who is the court painter of Misdirected Mark. Thank you so much, Time. Awesome. David Walker, thank you so very much. Thanks, David. And the Space Rhino. That's an awesome name. Yeah, thank you, Space Rhino. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Space Rhino. That, that has some visuals associated with it. Mm-hmm. If you're already supporting the Patreon campaign or unable to support the Patreon campaign, which is perfectly fine, what's the other thing you can do that makes a panda so, so very happy? Yeah, so happy that we fall off of things while we nom on our bamboo. You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. If you leave it somewhere else, drop us a note so we know so we can go find it because we love to read them. They give us life. We are just but poor, starving artists craving your affection. And validation. <laughs> Send us really, love. The validation. We really like that validation. <laughs> it's been a little while. Like, we're running a little it's low It's been now. a little while. Um, so, yeah. Send us a review, and uh, it will make us super duper excited and happy. It definitely will. And thank you so much to everyone who already did. Yes, please. Thank you very much. Say, Senda, show me how you're going to put that puzzle together for your magical cyberpunk girl game.
This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. This conversation took a turn I did not expect. <laughs> just saying. I mean, saying, not saying. Just saying. Just saying. You yeah. Making bonus outtakes over here. Bloop. I, I, I you have nothing. There's nothing you can no. say. There's nothing. We should just change subject. Let me tell you about something awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you about something else awkward. Okay. Okay. Keep so, going. All right. So I have. You can see it on camera, right? So I have. I'll. I'll. I'll I bought yep. this like big ass, like thirty ounce um, stainless steel tumbler. Yes, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And it has a straw. We're going to get to the straw in a second. So I okay. <laughs> I bought the 30-ounce tumbler because, like, I want to drink iced coffee and iced tea at my desk while I'm working, but I also don't want, like, my cup sweating and dying, like, all over my desk. Because mm-hmm. I live in a humid land, unlike you. Like, yes. all our cups sweat. Yes. So anyway. I know that, I know that it's humid when our cups car- start sweating. It's right. It, it's, I mean, my cup, the cup starts sweating around here, like, when I take it out of the kitchen, right? Like, it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a problem constantly. So anyway, so I bought this like vacuum sealed tumbler. It's super awesome, right? Keeps everything cold and like it's not, nothing's condensing. And it came with a stainless steel straw as mm-hmm. a like, you know, this is a reusable. It came with a stainless steel straw and a cleaner for said mm-hmm. stainless steel straw. Because yeah. I could see where that could be kind of. Uh, yeah, because um, yeah, you have to be able to stuff a little brush down it. Exactly. So yep. I, I, I hadn't tried the straw until today. And mm-hmm. I don't like it. Okay. Um, I don't. It just like it wigs me out. It's metal. I banged my. I banged it against one of my teeth already. Like because eh. I wa- like I wasn't careful. And okay. Eh. So anyway, so I'm like, okay, I don't like the straw. I should get like a. But but I like the idea. Like I don't want to buy a box of plastic straws and just keep burning through them. Right. Like like let's be ecologically sound. So I was like, all right, they must make silicone straws. Uh huh. Right. So I just like quick oh, Amazon boy. checked. Right. Oh, they boy. do. <laughs> Uh-huh. They totally yep. do. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, what what discovery? So just, I mean, there's tons of them, right? There's tons of these like reusable silicone straws for like smoothies and for kids drinks and stuff like that. Okay. Good. You with me? I'm with you. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So I'm now going to just share my screen with you so that we can, oh so that you can share with me oh, God. the rest of my story. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Okay. So here it is, right? This is reusable uh-huh. straws, silicone smoothly for tumblers, right? Uh-huh. Collapsible uh-huh. FDA pinch tested BPA dishwasher safe, right? Sounds okay. great. Okay. Great. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, cool. I'm like, I wonder if there are like any other silicone straws. So like I scroll down, right? Like, so here's like a thing frequently bought together, silicone straws and metal straws, not interested. Right, right. right. Sponsored products related to this item. <laughs> Well, so I'm seeing, is that a menstrual cup? (laughs) Yes. The first suggested item that's related to the silicone straw is a menstrual cup. And now I don't know what to do with that information. I don't know why. I don't know why a menstrual cup and a straw are related products. And I'm now a little concerned about Amazon. I'm, I'm a little wigged out and it is definitely under not my kink. Right? Like... Like, I'm a little, I, I'm just going to put the Amazon page away right now because I'm, 
I'm really uncomfortable that, like, it's made this kind of connection. Like, if you like silicone straws, you probably also want a menstrual cup. As if I'm just, like, sitting around in my living room with, like, a menstrual cup, like, having a little sip, you know. With your straw. Yeah, like, I filled it up. Like, like I just put, like, a little Bloody Mary in it, right? Oh, like, it's God. Just the, just the, my silicone straw and my menstrual cup drinking away. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't know. I got I nothing, know. right? I got okay. nothing. Amazon did that. That I didn't do anything other than went and looked for a silicone straw. But now, I'm gonna get this cool Lena cup that goes. That <laughs> apparently goes. It apparently goes with the with silicone straws. Bloop. So I was on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> did you not like my? Did you not? No, I loved your story, but I wanted to track you off before it. Got a many more graphics. Did, did it really get? Could it get worse? <laughs> I don't think it can. But anyway, Bloop. I don't no. get the reusable kind personally. I'm just. I just get I'm the little saying. filmy kind. I'm just saying they're like life changing. Any girls out there who haven't tried a menstrual cup, oh. like highly recommend. Let me be clear. I am pro <laughs> menstrual cup. I understand the menstrual cup. I am. I am pro menstrual cup. Oh, I'm no, more, I know. I'm more disturbed about it's about Amazon's algorithm for pairing yes. straws with. It, it literally is like, oh, silicone straw, silicone cup. cup. These two things must be related <laughs> to each other. <laughs> there you go, human. You you, you, go. you bought a straw. Silicone. You need a cup for it. <laughs> you like silicone. <laughs> <laughs> Bloop. Wow. Oh, no, you just went there. <laughs> oh my god. Wow, we should probably stop this line. Let me just go back and say one more time. Um pro menstrual cup, right? Like all for yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah, no. all yep, for yep. the freedom and the you know just all around goodness that the menstrual cup brings, but it just a little wigged out by Amazon tonight. <laughs> Bloop. Okay. Good. We're good. We're good. Okay. We have a, we're on a tight schedule tonight because you have to do this as a quick turnaround episode. This is your, you just came home from vacation. Yep. Uh, so I was on vacation. A, <laughs> you went, you well, you went on vacation. You had a nice time. We're going to talk a little bit about that on the show part. Um, yeah, are we? Came okay, home, good. had a kind of yep. bumpy day at work, drove okay. home, car broke down. Car broke down halfway home. Yep. In the middle of nowhere because I do drive home. Thank God like, at least it was like rush hour traffic and by middle of nowhere there were no population centers but cars on the road right 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 oh yeah there were there were plenty of people and like i got a tow truck in about 20 minutes but bloop. but anyway thankfully i have geico and they do this roadside assistance thing that i keep using because it's freaking amazing so yeah it's really it's gonna good. be a walking geico commercial apparently these days yeah yeah because like the whole tire situation like yeah, battery that. like they have just saved my ass so many times <laughs> I mean, I pay them for it. Don't get me wrong, but like, but um, it's a nice, it's a nice, uh, fe- it's a nice feature to have. Yeah, it's huge. Bloop. Meow. Meow. <laughs> That's like that was when my cat used to be angry, right? Like when he'd see something outside. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes my cat, my cat makes weird noises. Sometimes he chirps. He goes like. No, that's usually because he killed something. He's usually in the midst of chasing something, and he's really excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> when he's killed something, he goes, Row! Row! Yeah, he's, I know. He's, like, trying to get your attention. Like, he's done yeah. He's done like, you, like, look at me, human. Mom. 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 
Another oh. half bunny for you. I saved yes. you the bottom half. I saved you the head. Aren't you excited? Bloop. Hey, Senda, you're going to be editing this thing by tomorrow. Then I'll be editing it like now. I'll be using this to line it up. Wow, that was messy. You might want to separate those two tracks into... Well, I wasn't going to out your popcorn I think we've thing. talked about it on the show, my Cookie on- Monster-like popcorn eating. Yeah. yeah no, there's no yeah. popcorn at my game tables. Right. That's <sighs> a thing. Bloop. Like, you're in this, you know, maze underground, and I agree you can't have the metal straw because it makes weird sounds. <laughs> Damn it. So you're in this I, puzzle. We didn't even talk about that part. I know. The metal straw, the metal straw bangs. It's making yeah. bangy sounds. It's not good it's for not recording. It's not going to work. I'm going to need some silicone um. straws. Okay. <laughs> and, some, and some silicone cups, apparently. Apparently. They're not for drinking, though. Bloop. I mean, I don't know. Is that a shot worth? But do you need a straw for a shot? Anyway. Oh, my God. Anyway. Hey, I brought my portable shot cup with me. Yeah, see, it folds up. (laughs) I just hold it by the ring. Pour your shot in. (laughs) No, you hold it by the little stem thing at the bottom, because they usually put in a thing to, like... Yeah, but it won't hold the whole cup up, right? You'd have to hold it by the ring. (laughs) Right? The cup would fall over if you held it by the stem. You can't be sophisticated. (laughs) Right? Like, you have to hold it by the ring. I mean, but I don't think you can hold it by the ring ring because it's going to be squishy. So you have to kind of like cup it gently. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine. Try, don't. You know what? Don't. Why don't don't we just try to imagine that. Just stop and don't imagine that. <laughs> I don't even know how to get to a side. I don't, I don't know. Hang on. Because we were, I'll on, think we were of something. on mist and ribbon. We could just right, right. cut from there. Okay, hang on. Hang on. Um... I'm going to do it right here. Wait, watch. It's going to be magic. It's going to come right out of my head. Like unicorn horn. <laughs>